0: chapter 2 as we continue our series of a family christmas let me also just go ahead and dismiss our children to kids church children kindergarten through 6th grade and while those children are making their way out, just a, a reminder that we resumed children's church I'm sorry we resumed nursery last week for children four and under so we appreciate that ministry. It is good to have Chris Little back in service with us. Continue to be remembering him and his recovery. Continue. I also yeah. remember Tommy McGee and Courtney and Natalie Umbehand and George Mackumson, and all of the needs that are in our church family. I want to read Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And This is what God's Word declares. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host proclaiming God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. God, we thank you, Lord, for, oh Lord this declaration. A heavenly encounter on that hillside 2,000 plus years ago. God, that heavenly encounter with the shepherds, that God, that declares, God, the gospel message, that declares peace, that declares, oh Lord, the hope that we have even today in 2020. So Lord, let your anointing cover us. Let it Oh, let us be able to be transformed and changed by you and by your presence this morning. God, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. You may be seated this morning. I have a confession that I know you will be shocked at. I have never been a shepherd. However... Commercial says I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night, uh, and so I could do anything, right? I didn't really, but uh, some of y'all will get that later, maybe. Um, However, when I lived in, I had the opportunity, my dad was stationed in Australia when he was in the military. And so we, uh, when I was uh, about eight and nine years old, we lived in Australia. And I'll never forget, uh, we did an outing with some other um, families that were from the um, military unit where Dad was studying, and and so we went together to an authentic, real deal sheep farm, and we got to see them in the process of how they sheared the sheep. We got to see them how they, uh, you know, directed the sheep, and it was amazing to watch uh, them use the Australian shepherds, the dogs that would go, and they would. Use the dogs to uh, corral or to get the sheep to uh, be together or get into the right pasture where they were wanting. But one of the unique things, at least I think it's unique uh, to Australia, is they don't just use the uh, the, the, the sheep dogs. They also use uh, they also use boomerangs. And so one of the things that they gave this instruction on, yeah, let me, let me, we're having headset mic issues. And so one of the things that they demonstrated for us was that they would use a boomerang to change the direction or to help the dog in directing the flock of the sheep or the herd of the sheep. And so what they would do is they would uh, the shepherd would throw the boomerang, and as the boomerang would go out, it would, of course, curve, and it would change the direction of the, uh, of the sheep, almost like it would happen, like you would th- see a, a flock of birds in the air change directions. And, of course, as any good kind of demonstration goes, they have to get audience participation uh, to come and to try to teach how to uh, use the boomerang Now, I was not the one that was chosen, uh, praise God. However, my sister, who was probably all of about four or five years old, was chosen. And so she's the kid out of the audience. They show her how to throw the boomerang, and she takes that, and she rears back, and she throws it like she thinks that she's supposed to. But instead of the boomerang going out and directing, she hits the dog right in the head. for some reason that dog didn't want to come anywhere near any person for the rest of the day that we were there. But I'm not a shepherd. But as we reflect upon that and we reflect upon these shepherds, I want us to understand the context here of, of what it means to be a shepherd in this story or in the story of Christ. Christ see, shepherds were the lowliest of jobs. They were reserved really more for children. We think back to the story of David, and it was the runt of the family. It was David who was the, considered the less of all the brothers that was left to tend to the sheep because the older brothers had more important things to do. So being a shepherd was something that was looked down upon. It was considered that if you were an adult and still a shepherd, it would be kind of the the typical adult fail. It would be just this, you would be a loser, you would be a failure. And in fact, even in legal matters in Jewish culture, shepherds were considered so uneducated that they were not allowed to testify in legal matters. Think about it if there was a court case, and I'm putting in our current terms if there was going to be a court case and you were a shepherd and you witnessed something, you would not be allowed to testify to what you saw because they considered you too dumb to really be able to be accurate in what you were saying. That is what the life of a shepherd would be all about. When we think about this, most likely it is believed by the scholars that these shepherds were not just any shepherds, but these were most likely the shepherds that were tending to the flock of the sheep that belonged to the temple. So these were the sheep that were responsible for helping to produce the burnt offerings and and that were used and sacrificed in the in the temple. And so uh, these uh, are not just any shepherds, but they have a this uh, this element of authority or this element of importance. In terms of the sheep that they are keeping, most likely, if that is the understanding, they would not have been anywhere near Bethlehem. And so when the angels show up and they tell the shepherds about what has happened and they go to Bethlehem, understanding that that would have required a journey. It would not have been just, let's go in for the night and walk across the field to go see Jesus. But I want us to begin as we think about this and truly really understand not just who the shepherds are but understand these aspects of this particular passage. The first thing that we have to understand is, is their world and the context of what is going on in this moment. You see, this time period. It was all about oppression and persecution. The world that the shepherds knew was full of tyranny. It was full of oppression. It was full of Roman persecution. It was full of, uh, and had been a history of of other people and nations bludgeoning and persecuting the people of Israel uh, to keep them in submission and in slavery. And so the shepherds have that mentality. And I want you to think, for us as Americans who have known nothing but a free world or a free country and the freedom to do and to live as we so desire and please, I think that that mindset is something that is completely foreign to us, that we have a difficult time really grasping what that means in everyday life. So there was a mindset of oppression There was a mindset of life being very unfulfilling. They were, as we just shared, the lowest of lows. They were shepherds at the bottom end of the societal statuses. And so here, their life was going to be filled with sadness and despair. Why? Because they're the lowliest of lows, uh, and they are part of a people who has been rejected and persecuted and defeated and subjected over the course of history time and time again. So life was filled with Fear and anxiety and wondering. Well, what's going to be the next military coup? What's going to be the next edict that comes out of Rome that's going to change how we live our lives? Imagine being on the edge of your seat, and instead of looking to the newspaper each week or uh, for something that is positive and good, you're waiting. You're looking for. The news is always going to be full of dread because you know it's going to be something negative in your life. They had heard no messages in their context. Understand that this is the beginning of the New Testament, the beginning of the Gospels. They had had no messages from God for over 400 years. No prophets, no heavenly encounters, no angels. No message or word from God. And here they are living their life. Probably believing that God has forgotten about them. And it's in this setting that we understand. There was no such thing as good tidings. There was no such thing as good news. Or there was no such thing as joy. Maybe their scenario sounds something that you and I can relate to in one way or another. We reflect and we look around at our world that is gone crazy in many aspects and we recognize the oppression, we recognize the anxiety, we recognize the fear and the violence and and all of those things that many times when we, uh, what do we do? We avoid the news. Why? Because the news today in our context seems to be filled with negativity and things that get us down. We feel as if maybe we have been forgotten by God. And while we haven't had to go 400 plus years uh, without hearing from God, we understand the uh, the idea and the uncertainty of God. Where are you in the middle of my trials and my circumstances? The unrest and the violence and the hatefulness. But then, an angel shows up. An angel shows up in the middle of their watch, in the middle of them keeping their flocks, and here it is that something changes. An angel, direct from the presence of God in heaven above, leaves heaven, comes to the shepherds, and says, do not be afraid, for I bring you good tidings." When we understand their world and we understand their context, oh, there is, uh, I mean, there's multiple layers here of things that are out of the ordinary. First and foremost, no one that they know of has seen an angel for 400 plus years. Even longer than that, really, in all honesty. They wouldn't have known about Mary. They wouldn't have known about Joseph. They wouldn't have known about Zacharias. They wouldn't have known about those. And so here they are saying, what in the world is this angel showing up? And what is this good tidings? What is this great news? What is this joy that that the angel is talking about? And it gets their attention. It gets their moment. And I want us to be reminded this morning that our world in 2020 may look different and feel different, but understand that we have more in common with these shepherds in the story of Christ than we maybe ever thought of before. In the middle of their desperation, God says, I haven't forgotten about you. God says, I see you, and it doesn't matter what the world says, what matters is what I say. And He sends the angel with this message. The message. What is the message that God has not just for the shepherds, but for you? The message to the shepherds was: "There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord."
1: Hallelujah.
0: I have actually a little bit of, uh, of a little bit of issue when I began to study this message because in the Greek there are no articles in this verse. And by articles, I'm talking about a, or the, or things like that. And so when we take out the articles of this declaration, we read about City of David, and it's not a Savior, but it's the declaration of Savior. It is not the Christ the Lord, but it is Christ Lord. And all of a sudden we realize that I believe that the angel's intention, man has gone back and tried to make clarity of it all and tried to make it read and flow according to where the English language needs to be. Oh, but all of a sudden if we begin to realize in the original Greek what God is declaring here is not that there is a Savior, oh, but there is the title of Savior who is being born. There is the title of Christ who is being born. And all of a sudden here we have have Savior, Christ, and Lord. And we realize that what the angel is declaring to the shepherds this this night is not just there is this guy that's being born. There's there's this baby in the city of David. Oh, but no, there is a declaration of good tidings and great joy. Why? Oh, because the Savior of the world, His title, He will be known as, oh, not just a Christ, oh, but He is the Christ. He is the Lord. Oh, when we think about who's Savior or what a Savior is. A savior is someone who is confronting all the sin all the sin of the world and he has a regal authority that is possessing all redeeming power that we could ever know of that is what a savior is and that is who Jesus is. Oh we read about Christ and in that title a Christ. Oh is someone who is confronting all the chaos of the world. Is a messiah who will be able to usher in the kingdom of God. That is who Jesus, baby Jesus, oh, is not helpless. He is not powerless. Oh, but he has come as Savior. He has come as Christ. And he has come as Lord. The one who has confronted Satan himself and says, you are under my feet and I am over you. And that is who Jesus, when we celebrate this Christmas season, that is who he is. He is Savior. He is Christ. And he is Lord. He is born today. According to the... The angel, at this point, the Savior, the Savior of the world has been born. And we really begin to think about what that really entails. This series, we've been talking about a family Christmas. And family has a lot of different contexts and meanings. We have, of course, the immediate thought, the most obvious, our immediate family, those that we live and do life with. There's also that genealogy family that we talked about last week, that lineage, the ancestors, that kin, the kin, uh, the kinfolk, if you would. But how many of you have what you would identify as a work family? See, these shepherds are that for one another. They are this work family. Yeah. One of the most unique work families that I had, uh, I was uh, finished, had just finished up Lee, uh, well, at that time Lee College, Lee University, and gotten a job working at Bradley Memorial Hospital in Cleveland, Tennessee same hospital where Tina was born. Obviously, I was not working there when she was born. But I got, uh, I was working in the emergency department or the emergency room, and I had gotten a job, uh, eventually uh, moved into an administrative position uh, in the administrative offices of the emergency room. So I had to do things like quality assurance tracking. I had to do nursing schedules. I had to do that kind of fun stuff. I had two bosses. I had two bosses. One boss, um, her name was Connie. She was um, a joy to work with and work for and uh, communicated well, was very kind um, and was Uh, It was just a a great working relationship and working for Connie. I had another boss who was the nurse manager of the department. And this nurse manager, um, when we first met her, she was kind of known as, the phrase that was used was a bull in a china shop. (laughs) And there was never a doubt what Danny uh, was thinking. She uh, was always open mouth and then insert foot later. And so she was bold. And while she and I had a very positive working relationship, that could not be said for the majority of the other people in the emergency room. When, when Danny was walking down the hallway, you would see it was like cockroaches when the light goes on. I mean, it, they just everyone just scattered. No one wanted to have any conversation. Nobody wanted to have any kind of interaction with her, unlike the nurse manager that we know. So we begin to think about things. <laughs> and we begin to assess work families. We all, if we hold a job now or at any point, we have those kinds of work families. And many times we begin to focus on and begin to ask ourselves, God, when I go to work today, Lord, let me have peace at my workplace. (laughs) Let me have peace in my workplace. That was a common prayer in my example from my work history. I would imagine that for many of you, there are times that that is your prayer as well. So, when the angel shows up, though, and begins to interact or encounter this shepherd work family, the angel declares peace. And all of a sudden, in this moment, we uh, begin to think about what it means to be at peace. So many times we work for peace. We think that we want to live peaceably with other people. We want to live at peace. Uh, with This and that and, and all of a sudden I want to really kind of wrap our brain around what their peace really is all about Oh, I would imagine that if they were like any other work family There are some dysfunctional moments. There are some shepherds who are pulling their weight There's some other shepherds who are lazy on the job and the other shepherds are getting mad at them and they're pointing fingers And they're mumbling and they're grumbling and they're in there and they're complaining uh, about one another They're saying man. Uh, I don't want to be with them this night and all of those kinds of things But the peace that they are dealing with and being proclaimed into their life is different than just living peaceably with one another see, because so many times we begin to wrap our brain around trying to live at peace with one another, but God declares peace, but it's not the kind of peace that we unfortunately try to recreate all by ourselves. How many times do we take action or do we say things trying to fix a situation and bring about peace, and all we end up doing is making it worse? Amen. And So here is this message of the peace their peace and i want us to really kind of begin to think about the source of what the peace is that the angel is offering because when the angel makes this declaration it's actually not at this point it's not just one angel but who it is a multitude And where is this multitude from? What does scripture tell us? It says the multitude is from heaven. All of a sudden we begin to wrap our brain and realize and understand that the peace is about something that this earth cannot create and come to understand. These angels show up, and of all the people that are coming to give this message about peace, it is angels that are straight from heaven. Think about what they have witnessed and observed. If anybody would have known about what heavenly peace is all about, it is these angels. The angels would have been present when uh, they would have seen everything in heaven. They would have seen everything in creation. They would have seen, oh, way back when, when God said, let there be light. We realize and we begin to think about all that they had seen in creation. And, And they said the highest, glory to God in the highest. And so this heavenly realm, they don't come and they don't talk about uh, this glory to God in the highest because of creation. I mean, think about how incredible creation really is. Creation and, and everything that, uh, that it, when it talks about the highest Glory to God in the highest. Highest here means above, meaning it's greater, meaning it's positional higher, it's above everything, and it's able to see everything. And they declare that in this moment, glory to God in the highest is not about creation, but it is about the coming of Jesus Christ as a baby in a manger. Yes, amen. You ever think about creation? And how magnificent. We would consider uh, in in an earthly realm or in in terms of things, we look above, what do we see? We see the sun, we see the moon, we see the stars. Astronomers tell us that in the sky above, in the universe, there are three million trillion stars. That's a three with 24 zeros after it. And at some point, our human brain cannot even begin to comprehend how many stars that is. But I'm going to try to help you. (laughs) A million seconds ago. Anybody want to take a guess at how many a million seconds ago, what day that would be? Roughly a million seconds ago uh, would be uh, like 11 or 12 days ago. Today, the 13th. So... Beginning of December, a million seconds. If we go a billion seconds back, we would go back to May of 1984. A billion seconds. May of 1984, that was the year that the CD player came out, and so did the movie Return of the Jedi. I was in the theater watching it when it came out. That's a billion seconds ago a trillion seconds ago would be 31,688 years ago. And astronomers estimate there's 3 million trillion. So take those numbers, take that roughly 32,000 years ago, multiply multiply it by the uh, And then you begin to grasp and understand how big and great the universe really is. And we get to know what one is really all about, the sun. The sun that we would say is above it all. And I'm talking about S-U-N right now. Our sun that gives heat, that gives energy. The the, the earth's sun has enough power in it, enough energy, that it would be equal to about a trillion megaton bombs. That's enough energy to run 500,000 years, and it gives that energy off every second. blows our brains, doesn't it? It it blows us away in trying to comprehend the greatness of who God is. I share all of that Oh, because when we think about, as soon as we begin thinking about how great our earth's sun is and how it seems to tower above everything else, the angels don't show up who were there when God said, let there be light. They don't show up and tell the shepherds, oh, we are here as messengers from God who created the earth, who created the sun, who created the three million trillion stars. They don't show up and say glory to God in the highest because he spoke all of this into existence. They don't even say glory to God in the highest oh, because God sits above such a huge number and vastness of what our universe really is. Now what do they say? Glory to God in the highest. Why? Because Savior, Christ, Lord, is born. The angels come and give God the highest glory. They give God the highest declaration of praise. They give God oh the highest adoration. Why? Because God has sent His Son so that we can be saved. And it is here that we begin to wrap our brain around what this peace really is all about. The peace. Jump ahead with me for just a second. I'm going to tie all this together. Jump ahead to Luke chapter 3. In the next chapter, we find Jesus having grown up, He's getting ready to begin his earthly ministry. He finds John the Baptist out at the river. And when he is baptized, this is what we read in Luke 3, verse 22. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven. Here's our next heavenly encounter. Which said, you are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Heaven breaks the silence. Heaven breaks the silence and shows up and God declares, this is my son and in him I am well pleased. And when we begin to process, and I want to connect the message of the angels to the shepherds. To the message of God to the people who are standing on the riverbank watching Jesus be baptized. Because what we have are the two consecutive encounters or messages from heaven. And the first one says glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And the second time, the next time we see God showing up. He declares that this is my son. In him I am well pleased. In other words, peace, God's peace (laughs) comes when we become like Jesus. That the angels are declaring... Hey, peace is coming to this earth. Peace is coming to you. Peace is coming to your work, family. Not because you said the right thing. Not because you've done the right thing. Oh, but because Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Oh, if He has come and if you will be like Him, then peace is able to come upon you. Oh, you see, but the angels aren't just declaring peace to baby Jesus or peace to the shepherds. But the angels are declaring a peace and a spiritual Oh, to a spiritual people that are everyone that comes out of Jesus Christ is going to experience and walk and live in this peace. So that today, oh, we don't have to talk about a family line, a family lineage, oh, but we can talk about a family, oh, that does not have physical bloodlines but has spiritual bloodlines. And if we will be like Christ, angels are declaring that there will be an eternal peace to a chosen generation. There will be an eternal peace to a royal priesthood. There can be a a, a peace, an eternal peace to a, a, a holy nation, to God's own special people so that we can come and declare His glorious light in the middle of all that we are so that we can praise Him and we can praise Him beyond all other things. And so we need that peace. We need a Savior we are all doomed. We are all lost, and we all fall short of God. And what does the Bible say that because of we fall, of us falling short, and us not measuring up, the punishment is death, specifically. Jesus shows up and he says you're not just good people with weaknesses like the world would try to get us to believe Bible says that we fall short and because of that we've either got to absorb the consequence of that sin ourselves and be condemned to hell or someone has to absorb the consequence of that sin for us it's popular these days to say oh many different roads lead to heaven many different roads lead to salvation salvation John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Every other religion, teaches us or tries to teach us that you can save yourself if you will just simply toe the line. If you live according to what they teach. But in Christmas, December 2020, if there's anything else that our circumstances and that our world have taught us, it better be We are powerless to save ourselves. So the angels show up to those shepherds. And my prayer is that he shows up in your life and in my life. And he reminds us that we are able to have a peace. Not because of what we've worked on. Not because of what we've accomplished or achieved. Not because we have tried to live a perfect life. But because a savior was born. As the musicians come this morning. I want to close. With talking just a moment about their witness. The shepherd's witness. To me, it's very interesting that of all the people that could have been chosen by God for the angels to have visited, it was the shepherds. In fact, the shepherds are the only ones visited by the angels in in this birth of Christ it wasn't the wise men in terms of the birth the actual birth of Christ the angels didn't show up at Mary or Joseph I mean if I'm Mary or Joseph I'm thinking Gabriel visited me before now that Jesus is here can't the angel visit me again shepherds. The angel doesn't show up at the temple. He doesn't show up at the high priest's house. He doesn't show up in the temple courts or at the Pharisees. But rather everyone, including us, know about what happened that night because of shepherds. The uneducated. The ones who most likely could not read or write. The ones who were not preachers or communicators. They certainly weren't teachers. They weren't even permitted to testify in legal proceedings. But isn't it like God? Throughout Scripture... God's primary method of encountering people in the world with the gospel is using the ones that the world rejects. Oh, I know. We get frustrated because guess what? We want to see the angels. We want to see uh, the message from God directly ourselves. We don't want to hear about it secondhand. We, We want to have that supernatural encounter. But God chose the shepherds rather than sending the angels to every city on the earth. Do you know how most people are saved or come to know Christ? Most people come to know the Lord because someone told them or invited them. A friend... A family member. For those raised in Christian homes, your parents brought you to church. You heard about God because of the people that you lived with. Co-workers inviting someone else to come to church. uh, Church, work, family being a light. And I want to challenge us this morning that I know that 2020 has been a, a crazy, unprecedented year. And if the enemy has his way, we get so depressed, we get so down about circumstances that we lose sight of of that God shows up even in the middle of trouble, even in the middle of the lowliest of states. He shows up and says, not only do I see you, but I still want to use you. Verse 15, the very next verse of our text. So when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which which the Lord has made known to us. Peace had been declared into their lives. And they said, let us go. Let us see and let us tell. Because when you jump down and you keep going, Verse 17, now when they had seen Jesus, they made widely known the sayings which were told them concerning the child. And all of those who heard it marveled as those things which were told them by the shepherds. What would they have marveled at? I believe it's more than just the story of the actual events. I believe that the marveling could have come about because of the joy and the peace and the excitement Oh, that the shepherds were able to say, oh, God has spoken, God has shown up, that God loves us enough, that Jesus has come. And when we saw him, we felt such a peace sweep over us. Oh, there's something different about this baby. There's something different about this one that God has sent. And all of a sudden we realize this is what Christmas is all about. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that all of us could be called sons of God. Not just some. Not just the people we like. Not just the people we get along with at work. the son of god became the son of man so that all could be called sons of god that is what christmas is all about as the music as the worship team comes John 16, says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me, Jesus says, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation in this world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Why? Because I have overcome the world. The message of Christmas. Oh. Is that we are a family. That has a message of peace. Has a message of the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And so may that joy and peace. Not just fill us. But let us share that joy and peace with every single person. If you would stand with me this morning. Turn to your neighbor and tell them have peace. Go ahead. Have peace. Now tell them Jesus has overcome the world. As I pray this morning, if you are going through things and you need the peace of God, you need an angel encounter, as I pray these altars are open and I invite you to come. I invite you to meet him and his peace this morning. God, I thank you and I praise you. Oh, that, Lord, that we can be encouraged by your hope, by your truth. That, God, that we can be encouraged. That, God, that you are with us. That you see us. That you know us. That you love us. And that, God, in the middle of these moments and circumstances, God, Oh, that, Lord, that you and that you alone, God, are able to touch us. And to proclaim your peace upon us. And that, God, right now we proclaim peace. Your peace. A spiritual peace. Oh, an earthly peace that comes from you, God. A peace that we get to walk in and live in. And that, God, oh, that even in the middle of trials and tribulations, that God, that your peace is with us because you have overcome the world. So, Jesus, we love you and we praise you and we glorify you,
1: God.
0: may the God of hope fill you fill you all with joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the God of hope fill you with all peace as we go about our separate ways today because he is God of all peace. He's declared, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but as I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus declares that in John 14, and the the angels declared it to the shepherds. Do not be afraid. God, I just thank you, and I praise you. Lord, for your power, your peace. God, I pray that your peace will cover and surround every single person, every single family here this morning. God, we just give it all to you. We say, God, we need that peace to sweep over us, to move upon us, God. And so, Lord, let your peace fill each and every life. And let us be a witness of that peace at work, at home, in our community, in our neighborhood, everywhere that we go. In Jesus' name we pray.